welcome to the Creating Ripples podcast. I'm your host, Alexandra Zahner. I believe in the power of sharing our experiences and knowledge with others, and when we do, we are creating ripples of impact around us. Each week, get ready for intimate personal shares, honest, relatable conversations, aha moments, and so much more. This space was designed to create empowerment, inspiration, community, and provide guidance to elevate those around us. I am so excited to have you here. Get ready and let's start creating ripples. Hello and welcome to the Creating Ripples podcast. I'm your host, Alexandra Zahner. And on today's episode, I am chatting with Holly Laurel. She's a Reiki master and intuitive healer that I got connected with through Nikki Norenberg, which if you've been following the podcast long enough, you know who Nikki is by now because she's been on the pod and she's sent me some amazing guests and I'm so grateful to her for connecting with me with Holly. I actually had the opportunity to have Holly do a mini Reiki session for me last week, which we'll talk about later on the episode because it was just such an incredible experience. And so Holly, welcome to the podcast. I'm so happy you're here. Thanks so much, Alex. I'm so happy to be here. Thanks for having me. Yeah. So I would love for you to share a little bit about what got you into becoming a Reiki master and, you know, really discovering like your ability to be an intuitive healer, because I think that's something that many people may not always realize that it's not something you always know. And then you come to know that about yourself and it's a really incredible gift. And so sharing your journey and what led you into that pathway, I think is just such a eye-opening experience for many people, especially when we're, you know, in a transition or life change, or we're trying to figure out like who we are, what we're meant to do kind of. And so what I think would be really cool is to hear what led you into what it is that you do now. Yeah, totally. It's, it's definitely an interesting story. What I do now is not what I ever imagined I would be doing. Um, You know, growing up, I was definitely a really sensitive kid, definitely a very intuitive kid. I remember my mom always telling me, you're so intuitive, you're so intuitive. Um, And I grew up in a family where I used to call my parents undercover hippies because they had these like big corporate careers. Um, And then on the weekends, they would take me to these you know, drum circles and full moon parties. And um, my grandmother actually had a little shop where she sold crystals and had tarot card readers come in and she was very intuitive. I would call her a healer for sure. She was a naturopath and an acupuncturist and an herbalist. And so I grew up in this space of witchy, alternative, holistic wellness, but I grew up in the nineties. And so that wasn't very mainstream, you know, it was, it was very woo woo. It was very kind of hush hush. It felt like we were practicing these things, um, you know, in the shadows a bit, right? Mm -hmm. Like, (laughs) and then, you know, you'd go to school and like live your life. And my parents would go off to their corporate jobs. Um, but I, I really connected with that world and I felt at home in that world, but I also on the flip side, on the other side of my family. And I think because my parents were so business-minded, there was a, there was a narrative of, well, you can't make money doing that work. Mm. You know, you can't really support yourself doing that work. You can't be abundant doing that work. So I ended up going to college. I actually, I studied art history and actually started off working in museums. And then I switched and I worked in the corporate creative world of advertising for over a decade in New York City. And there were aspects of that that I really loved. And I definitely think that my intuition came into a play into play a lot. I think my intuition guided me a lot in terms of you know, how successful I was in that business, being able to 
work with clients in a way where I intuitively knew what they wanted that they weren't necessarily asking for in that kind of like client relationship. Um, It allowed me to work with, I was an account director, so it allowed me to work with my creative teams in a really fruitful way. And also I think allowed me to um, intuitively be very strategic about like take, taking certain jobs and not certain jobs. And it brought me a lot of success, but I kind of hit a point where I just wasn't really happy doing what I was doing anymore from the outside. You know, I was very successful and I was in this like high powered job working on this really big account. Um, you know, living the dream in New York City, my cute little apartment in Brooklyn. Um, But on the inside, I was like, miserable. I was like, I just felt, you know, that feeling of kind of feeling dead inside a little bit. Um, And I think most of that was because I wasn't really living in my purpose. And I was resisting exploring the healer that was inside of me. I always felt called to different healing modalities. I was always doing my own self-healing and my own inner work. Um, And I hit a point where I saw what, I saw what was next. If I continued on that path, I saw what my boss's job was like day to day. And I was like, I don't want that. I don't want that. So I ended up working with someone and doing a lot of my own self-work and I was like, okay, I'm going to kind of create a plan and figure out what I want to do next. And I thought I wanted to get into film production and I was still so resistant to like this type of work. I had all these limiting beliefs around it that I had inherited from, I would say both sides of my family. And, um, I started to go to a Reiki healer and it's funny because I had grown up trying like all these different healing modalities and I've never tried Reiki before for some reason. And so I was like, I don't know how old, like around 30 and doing Reiki for the first time. And I went to this Reiki healer and I think it was maybe our third. I found the sessions really powerful and I was getting a lot out of them. And I felt like I was receiving a lot of clarity. And I had one session with her where I just kept hearing this message repeat and repeat and repeat the entire like hour long session. It was like, your purpose in life is to heal people. You're here to be a healer. Your purpose in life is to heal people. You're here to be a healer. And I was like, "Uh, what? And I was just kind of lying there receiving it and like still resisting it, but also semi laughing about it because I was like, okay, well, I guess I can't really ignore this anymore. I can't deny it anymore. Um, So that was a big breakthrough moment for me. And I, from there, I just was like, okay, well, how do I, I don't know what this looks like. I don't know what type of healer I'm meant to be, but maybe it's time to explore it. So I started on a path of doing my, my Reiki training and um, yeah, just kind of fell in love with Reiki as a healing modality and through Reiki really started to develop and get in touch with my own intuitive abilities, like my intuition and my psychic senses, just kind of the floodgates opened once I became trained and attuned in Reiki. Um, And, you know, from there, it just kind of took a life of its own. And I realized, okay, well, we're not going into film production anymore. (laughs) I had saved up a lot of money um, as kind of like a safety net for when I did make a career move, assuming I would take a big pay cut. I ended up using that money um, to fund, I went to Bali and I lived in Bali for about six months and used that money to help you know, support myself there. I took some time off. And then when I was there, I started, I did my yoga teacher training and I started, um, working as a healer and I just started doing sessions with people. And the more sessions I did, I was like, Oh, this is what I meant to be doing. Um, 
and the rest is history. So that's, that's amazing. my, my story in a nutshell. <laughs> okay. It's so cool to hear though, that your parents and grandma, you know, brought you up doing these different things that I'm sure many of the people you were growing up with were not experiencing at a young age. And oh, yeah. It's cool to get to hear how that was a part of your story from a very early point in your life. And it, it, what I think is so interesting as you were talking, I think a lot of people can relate to this of we have this like inner knowing that we're meant to do something else, but it comes back to those limiting beliefs and that fear around following that knowing that we have and I think listening to as you were talking, it was just like you were, you know, being successful in New York, but it came back to this whole idea around you not living your purpose. And I think that's such an important point to note when we're not living our purpose, we're not really living. And so when Mm -hmm. you stepped into, you know, okay, I, I meant to be a healer, I meant to do more and really live out your purpose, what was that shift like for you in your life? Mm. It's interesting because when I kind of made that decision or that commitment to myself, I still had about three or four months left in my corporate job before I quit. It wasn't like, okay, this is it. Peace, you know, (laughs) see you later. Um, And, but I will say that there was a huge shift in just how I felt going to work every day, how I felt in my relationships. I was so much clearer about, okay, there's this end goal. Like I know what I'm working towards. I don't know. I still didn't know what that looked like. You know, that was, I don't know how many years ago that was three or four years ago at this point. And, um, I could never imagine then that I would be doing what I do now, but I, it just was like something clicked in my soul, in my, you know, my higher self was like, okay, great. Now you're on track. Now we can start working. Now we can start moving. And, um, things just felt so much more aligned, so much easier, so much more in flow. And don't get me wrong. There were a lot of road bumps and different things that happened along the way. I think all of those instances were opportunities to, I hate the word lesson, but they were lessons to kind of learn to help me continue to develop, continue to grow, continue to expand. Um, But yeah, I would say things just started to just flow so much more and just open up the the, it's funny because when I you know my first year of doing this work I was making significantly I was you know barely making anything (laughs) the first few months um but I I used to be so stressed out about money and abundance and I was just so stressed about money all the time, even though I was making a lot of money working in advertising and I was making fraction of what I made and I just wasn't stressed anymore. And that Mm -hmm. really said something to me because I was like, the fact that I'm making so much less, but I'm not stressed up about that, stressed out about the money and the flow and the abundance, because every time that I, you know, need something, the universe continues to deliver. And that felt so much as a result of the fact that I was finally living in my purpose Mm. and then everything was just flowing. So I have a question about, you know, our purpose. And I think sometimes what can be really challenging is finding a way to live out our purpose but still maybe we want to stay in the career that we're in Mm -hmm. and how does someone navigate that? You know, I think, I think it's not, not everyone is like 
ready to make that career change, or they might say, you know, I want to stay in this career, but I feel like my purpose lies elsewhere. So like, how does someone balance that out? That's such a great question. Cause it's true. I think that we don't all have to, our career doesn't have to be reflective of our purpose, you know, like maybe my, you know, someone's purpose is to just be a fucking kick-ass mom and like beautiful partner or to create art, but art isn't their main source of income. I think some people too, when money is attached to the thing that they're really excited about or lights them up, it complicates things. So that's such a beautiful question. Like it doesn't have to be totally tied together. And I would say the biggest thing is to really get quiet and create space for yourself to play around, to explore, to start to really connect with what is it that makes me happy? You know, what is it that makes me feel lit up? What is it that makes me feel free, you know, and forget about all the day-to-day stuff that kind of bogs me down when I'm doing this thing, I feel fully present and in the moment and at peace. Mm -hmm. And maybe it's making art, maybe it's surfing, maybe it's, you know, rescuing dogs. I don't know what it is. And it doesn't have to be your career, but, you know, living in your purpose, you can, as long as you're creating space for that and creating space for yourself to connect with that, you're going to, you know, you're going to do amazing things. Mm. I, I love that. And I think that's a really good reminder for anybody listening of if you're feeling disaligned or like things are just like out of whack in your life and you want to feel more of that flow and that expansiveness that Holly's talking about, it's such a great reminder that that can be accessed by taking that break for yourself and like asking what does fill you up and then putting those types of things on your calendar and leaning into them and living out your purpose in that sense. And it can be just as fulfilling, which I think is really beautiful. And as you were talking about your story of recognizing like when it was time for you to make that full change and you did like the inner work for yourself and you really leaned into your purpose and intuition, how did that process go for you like when you were like okay we're doing it we're going all in and we're making this change I mean it was it was scary (laughs) um you know I think that when we are really open to receiving guidance when we're kind of open to the universe pushing us in the directions we need to go, the universe will deliver. And for me, it was almost more about this internal commitment to, okay, this is, this is what I have to do. I don't know what it looks like. I don't know how it's going to happen, how it's going to come together, but I'm trusting that at least I have clarity about the fact that you know, I'm here to be a healer and I'm going to start to play around with what that looks like. And I'm going to start to figure out, you know, what it would look like to leave my job. And once I kind of made that internal commitment, a week later, I was talking to my friend and she was like, Hey, so I'm getting married in Bali at the end of, or in October. I really want you to be there. Um, I hope you can make it. And I was like, okay, well, cause I said to myself, I really just want to spend a couple months on a beach, like reading, you know, not working, not being stressed about anything, doing some self-work. Um, so I was like, maybe I'll go to Mexico or Costa Rica or something. And then she was like, come to Bali. And it was right around the time that I was thinking, 
like that was kind of the timeline I was thinking of when I would quit my job. And so I was like, okay, well, I guess I'm quitting my job and moving to Bali <laughs> because that's what, you know, that's what's just fallen into my lap. And I just kept following, you know, I kept planting my own seeds of this is the vision that I have for my life. It didn't have to be specific, right? The vision was, I want to be on a beach somewhere. I want to be able to, you know, where I am afford to not have to work for a couple of months with the savings that I had. Bali, I think I ended up being there for six months. It would have been longer, but COVID kind of got in the way of those plans. Um, But, you know, that was way cheaper than if I had gone to Mexico or Costa Rica or something and the timing worked out. So really, I think it's about, you know, getting clear about what you want to create for yourself, what you want to call in, and then kind of getting out of your way in terms of the how it's going to happen. Because so many of us get so caught up in the how is this going to happen? How has this come together? And even, you know, I have a lot of clients who come to me because my sessions are healing sessions, but, you know, I, I call them Reiki readings because it's part Reiki healing, energetic healing and part intuitive reading. And so they come to me for healing and they come to me for guidance and they'll, some people come to me with a laundry list of tell me, you know, what, who am I going to meet? And when am I going to meet them? And is, or is this person, my husband and how I know that this is next for me, but how is it going to, and usually the how doesn't show up because it's not my job to give the how, right? It's not, I think giving the how would be disempowering at times. It's up to us to get out of our way to trust that it's going to flow. Cause sometimes when we get so caught up on the how we almost box ourselves in to like having tunnel vision of this is the only way it's going to go. And we don't, we're not open to actually like these alternative ways to get to the same final destination that might actually be so much more fun and empowering and impactful. So I don't know if that answers your question (laughs) in a long winded way of saying, um, I love that though, of instead of making the specific of I'm going to go on a trip to this place, or I'm going to do X, Y, and Z and make it really specific. Instead, it's coming almost to like this, like the vision of like, what do you see yourself doing? Or like, what do you want to feel for yourself? Kind of like when you said that, like, I will be on a beach, it was probably like the feeling that you are thinking about that a beach gives you. And so I think that's a really great reminder to allow ourselves to kind of like loosen the hold that we so want, because most humans, we want to know, like, what's going to happen? When is it going to happen? Tell me how, when all these things. And it's really, really hard to loosen the reins. Yep. Yeah. It's about control, right? It's like, we want to control everything and know everything. And, but, you know, control, I think has its place, right. In, in a lot of areas of life. But also sometimes it's so much more fun when we just let go of control and ride the wave that's Mm -hmm. flowing to us, you know, Um, because there's sometimes there's just like something so much bigger than we can even imagine in our limited experience as humans. And if we're focusing on this one way or this one thing, it cuts that other opportunity off in a Mm -hmm. sense. Yeah. We, we box ourselves out and kind of stop ourselves from being able to like, we think we've reached the peak and that we're not going to be able to get any higher, but actually like there's a much bigger plan for us. If we just kind of let go and trust, then we're going to actually be able to get like even further up that mountain. And the peaks actually just like waiting around the corner. Exactly. Exactly. As you were talking about control, one thing that I think a lot about is obviously, you know, I'm pregnant and all of the people that I know that 
I'm not throwing anybody under the bus. You can totally find out your gender, but this is like a huge thing that a lot of people find out now at like 12 weeks, they do the early blood work to get their gender. And it's like, mm-hmm. they have to know, like yeah. to figure out, to plan, to do all these things. And my husband and I haven't found out with either of our kids. And it's like this like fun thing that like we get to experience, we get to be surprised and we kind of like let go of that control of like having to know, having to plan specifically for a sex because we didn't feel like that was going to be something that we like needed. And that's like something small that like I was thinking of as you were talking, but it's been really fun for us because we're like, what, you know, like what, the sex doesn't really tell us anything about what our child's going to be like. Anyway. Exactly. So, yeah. Like, it's just like one little thing that we'll figure out next week for us. But so it's so just exciting. like, it's, it's fun to think about how we can try to loosen the reins a little bit in life. And I'm curious if you have any like insight into how people can learn to be more trusting and lean into that mm-hmm. flow, because it's a, it's an easy thing to say like trust, yeah. but it's so much harder to actually do it. Oh yeah, totally. And I love, I love that key word that you used fun, that you guys were having fun with it, right? Having fun with the not knowing, having fun with the surprise of it all. And also that you have such clarity around too, that like your gender really isn't necessarily going to define who your child is going to be. I mean, in a sense, yes, but at the core of that little human, you know, they're going to have their own personality and their own likes and dislikes and their own things that they're going to, you know, challenge you with or teach you and vice versa. Um, So in terms of, how we can learn to let go a little bit more. It's a hard one. And I think, I think the biggest key is balance, right? Because if we're fully just like letting go and I'm like, okay, I'm just going to spend all my money on this awesome trip to Europe. And like, I'm just going to let go and trust that the universe is going to provide for me. It's like, okay, well, that's not always going to set us up for success. Right. But if it's like, I think that, I think it's more about really leaning into and trusting our intuition, finding ways to trust our intuition. So when you have that nagging sense, that repeating thought in your head of like, I really need to call this person, or I really need to go to this place, or I really need to try this thing out, or I'm feeling really called to, going to this coffee shop for some reason, or I'm feeling really called to go on a trip to this place. Um, Listening to that, listening to your gut, your body, like what is your body telling you? If you are, um, you know, trying to let go of some sort of attachment you have to the type of, let's say you're moving, right? You're like, I have to live in this type of house in this neighborhood. And it has to look like this. But if you really think about it in your body, let's say like another, uh, an apartment comes up that has all of the things that you're looking for. And it wasn't exactly on your list, but that apartment, there's something that's calling you to it. You know, you have like a gut feeling, you have a good feeling about it. Listening to that, leaning into that, letting go of your expectation or your projection of what you wanted and trusting that, okay, there's another path. There's another direction that might be just as powerful, if not more powerful. Um, But really finding the balance between What can I control? What can't I control? What are the things that I can take action on versus really kind of knowing if I continue to take action on this and push this, is this just going to kind of like backfire on me? Because I think we all, you know, have that intuitive knowing of if we're pushing really hard on something or trying to force something, knowing when we're forcing it, when it's not flowing, Um, and 
really remembering that, look, I'm, if I trust and get out of my own way, like I'm supported by the universe. And if I am worrying about something that hasn't even happened yet and obsessing over it, how much energy am I wasting on that versus, okay, that didn't work. You know, things aren't looking great in this direction or that thing didn't necessarily work out for me exactly, but maybe there's a reason for that, you know, and there's nothing I can do about that now. So what can I control? What can I do moving forward? Letting go of the fear and the worry and the anger. Those are all actually principles in Reiki um, allows us to not waste so much energy on the things that we can't control. And ultimately that's what allows us to be open to trusting, Mm. you know, trusting the flow, leaning into it. When you say those are the principles of Reiki, what does that mean? (laughs) so uh, (laughs) we can go on a whole I'll try not to go on like a whole Reiki tangent because I could talk about Reiki all day every day I I teach um, I teach a couple different Reiki courses and I teach an intuitive Reiki course and (laughs) each I I break it out into weeks and the current course that I'm teaching I've I've shifted the curriculum a little bit and each week I'm like going over and my students love it, but I'm like, I'm sorry, guys. I just, I can't shut up about Reiki. Um, But the five, so there are five principles in Reiki. And these were five principles developed by the modern day founder of Reiki. This man, um, Dr. Usui, who is Japanese. um, And he, he really developed Reiki as a practice for self-healing, as a practice to really reconnect with yourself and your higher self. So five principles developed by Usui to really keep you present and grounded in the day. They all start with just for today. So just for today, I will not anger just for today. I will not worry just for today. I will be grateful just for today. I will do my work honestly just for today, I will be kind to all living things. So it's really about, you know, not wasting your energy on worrying about the things that you can't control being, you know, angry and triggered again by things you cannot control looking at those triggers, being grateful for, you know, the the people in your life, the experiences that you're having, what can you be grateful for today in this moment? Living your life honestly is about being honest with yourself in terms of, you know, am I, are the things that I'm doing really aligned with who I am as a person aligned with what I want to do? Am I being honest with myself in this relationship that I'm in? You know, is this making me happy? Am I being honest with myself in the work that I'm doing? Does this feel aligned or does it not feel aligned? And being kind and gracious and compassionate to every living thing. I think those are all such beautiful and powerful principles, which I would say like not the easiest ones to live by, but um, if you can really lean into them and start to embody them, they make a huge difference. And it's interesting too, because I would say that it's not necessarily like I'm repeating these every day as mantras or, you know, thinking about them super consciously and anymore compared to like when I was first studying Reiki so closely in the beginning, I'm still studying it, but in a different way. But as I started to practice Reiki as my work and, and do Reiki sessions with other people and Reiki on myself, I think that a lot of these principles just naturally started to infuse themselves in my life. You know, I was not worrying. I wasn't sweating the small stuff anymore. I wasn't getting triggered or angry or tripped up about the same things that would have really bothered me a couple of years ago. Um, 
really being so much more grateful for the smaller things that we take for granted. Definitely living, doing, you know, living honestly, being honest with myself and, you know, being compassionate and kind to others. Like it's, it's just a really beautiful practice that has so many, so much depth to it in so many different ways. And I love those principles as kind of like what we can all come back to because it's, it, it, they infuse themselves in the practice of Reiki in a beautiful way. And they're really empowering principles to live by. And what it was cool to hear was you talk about, you know, when we, for as what you're talking about with principles or establish values for ourselves initially, we have to kind of think about them a lot of, okay, I want to instill these values in my day to day. And then with daily practice, it becomes just a part of who we are and how we show up in the world. And I think I love the principles that are part of Reiki because I think it does really help to allow us to trust. And so I think anybody listening that has a background with Reiki or not, those are principles that you can start to apply into your day to day life. And I think specifically one area that can make such a huge difference is the gratitude piece, because when we can start to be more grateful in just the tiniest of ways, it makes such a shift in how we feel, how we show up, how we appreciate things. And it's truly applicable in any part of your life journey. So true. It's so true. And I say this a lot to a lot of clients who I work with, because I work, you know, I work with clients in these Reiki reading healing sessions, but I also do, I work with clients one-on-one and more of like a coaching mentorship container. And with a lot of those clients there, they get homework each week and it, there's a lot of homework around. Okay. Like when I'm stressed out, when I'm upset, when I'm being triggered, how can you come back to gratitude? Cause that is such a beautiful and powerful anchor for anyone, you know, for all of us. So One thing that you mentioned a little bit earlier on was talking about kind of, even though you leaned in and you trusted and you followed your intuition, you still experienced roadblocks and bumps along the way. And I think that's an important thing to note because even when we follow our purpose, that doesn't mean it's going to be this like easy breezy thing. There's still going to be bumps and challenges. And when those come up, I think it's important to note to not let those be something to stop you from persisting forward. And when you experienced those, you know, bumps along the way, how did you continue forth and not let that stop you and be like, Oh wait, did I, did I make a mistake? Like, was this not what I was supposed to do? How did you know to keep on moving forward and carry on within your purpose and to really trust? Yeah, that's such a good question. Um, I would say that my mindset around all of those kind of little roadblocks that popped up was always focused on, okay, what can I learn from this? You know, and I would let myself feel the feelings of frustration. And it's not about suppressing those feelings. It's important to feel feelings of if I'm feeling disappointed or sad or, you know, one of the biggest roadblocks was for me, which ended up being a huge gift, I think, and really um, transformed my business was COVID. I was really just catching my stride in Bali. I was starting to get booked up really quickly, but I was getting booked up with most of my clients were tourists So people would come to Bali and they'd have like through word of mouth, find me, have a session with me. And then they tell their friends and then their friends would come to Bali. And all of a sudden there was this, it was just like this really beautiful flow happening. And I was catching my stride and then like out of nowhere, COVID happened. And overnight, literally overnight, I had to leave and fly back home. And that was a devastating to me in a lot of ways. Um, 
And at the time I wasn't doing any virtual sessions. It was all in person. So I was like, well, how am I even going to do this work? Is it going to work as well? Is it going to be as powerful virtually? I was, I was living in this, I was boxing myself in right with like, oh, I can only do in person. It can only be hands-on. And then COVID kind of forced me to explore, well, what would a virtual session look like? And then that was like, just as powerful, sometimes more powerful than in person. Um, And it allowed me to connect with so many different people from all over the world in, you know, different ways. It expanded my community. So along the way, I let myself feel feel the fear, the grief, the sadness, um, sometimes anxiety, but I kept coming back to what's the lesson? What's the shift that this is forcing me to make? What is this making me look at through a different lens or in a different way or some making me look at some aspect of this that I've been ignoring? Um, and how can I lean into that? And that has always served me very well. I love that. And especially, I mean, it's true when we face those challenges and things, it's hard to see it when we're in the thick of it, but then we're able to get through it on the other side. Sorry, my dog Schmidt really wanted to be in the room today for this recording. Um, so she's, he can feel, feel the Reiki vibe. Yeah. She she was like, I want to be present for this. I love it. Um, but what is so important is once we're through it, we are able to really look back and see what we've learned and what we've been taught. And that's exactly what my hope is with these podcast episodes is taking what each guest has learned through life experiences and sharing it with other people and really getting to let those lessons be something that helps someone else that might be experiencing some things similar. Like they might be listening and they're in their roadblock right now. And they're like, okay, um, I can get through this. Like I can keep going. And then, you know, knowing that that lesson is there and like trying to peel back the layers and like see what we're being taught in that moment. And it's really easy to say that when you're not in that moment, but if we remind (laughs) ourselves when those challenges arise, like step back a little bit and try and remove yourself and ask like, what am I being shown or what am I being taught in this moment? And utilizing that information then, um, as you carry forth in your journey. And as you were talking about leaning into the virtual aspect. And so we did a session last week and I should have asked this earlier, but in case someone doesn't know what Reiki is, (laughs) what is that experience like and what do we what do you do in those sessions great question so reiki is it's an ancient energetic healing modality that was kind of i guess you could say rediscovered by its modern founder um dr makao usui who he was japanese this all happened around the turn of the century. So like late 18th, early 1900s. And ultimately it's an energetic healing technique that is meant to balance your spiritual, mental, emotional, physical energy. The way that Usui kind of developed and created Reiki in Japan, very different from the way that we practice Reiki in the West right now. And I've studied under multiple different teachers because it's really important for, you know, I've, my first teachers were very like Western Reiki teachers. Um, And my teacher now is very Eastern Japanese traditional Reiki. And that's really important to me. I think that there's a lot of value. And I would say that the way I practice Reiki is very Westernized, but I have the foundational knowledge and understanding of the Japanese traditions 
and tenants that Reiki was developed and created under. And that's super important. Anytime we're working with any kind of healing modality that comes from a culture or tradition or, you know, a a place that we don't naturally come from, right? We have to understand that and show our respect to it. So that's really important to me. But in Reiki, it can be hands-on, it can be distance, but essentially the practitioner is a channel for Reiki energy to come through us and be essentially Reiki energy is being pulled by the person we're working on. So sometimes in a Reiki session, I might be working on someone's heart and their, you know, solar plexus, but they're feeling all this vibration and tingling in their feet or their crown because their body is really, it it goes back to how powerful and how innately wise our bodies are. Their body is pulling the energy where they need healing the most. Um, In Western Reiki, we use the chakra system to kind of work through people's energies. I sometimes use it. I sometimes don't. It's kind of like a nice grounding context to, to work with. I don't use the chakra system as much anymore in my sessions, but it's funny because people associate the chakras with Reiki, but chakra is a Sanskrit word. Chakras are from an Indian tradition. So it's not at all tied to like Reiki, which is Japanese. Um, but yeah, essentially I could, sorry, I could nerd out on Reiki for hours (laughs) But Reiki is a Japanese energetic healing technique to balance all aspects of your energy. Um, And the word Reiki means life force energy. So Rei means life force. We all have, you know, think of it's like this life force that is in us. It's our spirit almost, right? And then key is energy. We all feel when we're, we have a dip in our energy or an increase in energy or, you know, energy moving through our body physically or emotionally. Um, and it's about tapping into that in a really powerful way to help bring healing and balance. Mm. What I thought was so cool about with our session is exactly what you're talking about, where I could like feel that like tingling warm sensation yeah. in my like chest and my belly and my arms. And it, it really is like this, like incredible experience and offering. And that was completely virtual. And then yeah. when we get the opportunity to connect after and like talk about like what came up, what I was experiencing, what you, um, you know, like heard and, saw and it's just like such a cool thing it was just really like I thought it was so interesting when we were talking about like the baby and I was talking with my husband about it of you know it's gonna just be really interesting to see like what the baby is like and how I loved the words that you used of like beats by their own drum and like they'll think differently and that they'll challenge us which I think is like so cool to get to think about like what will our child be like and then like the other things that we talked about of just like things that I've been experiencing and like wanting to do but like too afraid to do them and like the imagery that you are able to convey from that session of like constriction in the throat and like that resonating so wholeheartedly with me it's just like it really is such a cool experience and I think if you've never had any type of healing work done definitely do it you are going to learn so much um, from that experience but also just about yourself because what I always notice when I do any type of work like this that I go to someone for is it's things that maybe I've been thinking or feeling or they've come up, but I can't quite put my finger on them. Yeah. And then I work with someone else and it's like, yes, it's exactly what I've been thinking, but it's hard sometimes to discern that that is, um, 
that is like in a bit of our intuition. It is our gut because sometimes there's all these thoughts floating around and it's hard to know like, okay, well, what, what, what's going on? But then in those experiences, I was like, yes, 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 yes. That's exactly (laughs) what is going on. And it's just so, I don't know. It's, it's hard to explain until you've experienced for yourself. And so I truly believe in everything that Holly's talking about. And so I just, I don't know. It was a really cool experience to get to do that with you before having you on the podcast. Yeah. Yeah. I'm so glad we got to do it. I, and it's funny too. I think like, you know, I, I am psychic. I don't always describe myself as a psychic because a lot of people have a lot of preconceived notions about psychics, right? They think that they're like looking into a crystal ball and they're going to know when you're going to die or know all these facts. And it's like, that's not actually how it works. I think the most powerful psychics and intuitives are people who are able to do exactly what you said. We're able to articulate the things that you've already been thinking about, the things you already kind of know, but you can't get out of your own way to kind of get the clarity around, yeah, this is right. This is what I need to lean into. This is the path that I'm meant to kind of walk in this moment. And yeah, there is some of the stuff that I, you know, picked up on with your baby, which was really cool. There is definitely some of that stuff that comes in, but the most powerful readings are when it's... uh, I'm, I'm a mirror reflecting back to you the things that you really need to hear that you need that just extra push or confidence in to start to walk that path. Mm-hmm. I, and that's the thing is I think sometimes even when we know in our hearts we're supposed to do something, it, we need someone else tell us to go for yeah that outside confirmation it's helpful it's really helpful it is it makes all the difference um yeah so the last question that I have for you is what is the ripple that you want to create the ripple I want to create is just really helping people remember and reconnect to that inner wisdom, to the inner healer that they have in themselves, Mm -hmm. to the power that already exists in themselves, and remembering that we are our greatest healers and guides. Mm -hmm. You know, sometimes we just have to get out of our own way. Because I, you know, my work is really just to like help guide my clients. Ultimately it's them who are doing the work of reconnecting with their own power and their inner healer. So that's my ripple. (laughs) And it's, it's a great reminder of you can guide them, but at the end they have to be the ones to put to the work. Yep. Put the work in. Yeah. Yeah. Holly, this has been so great to have you on the podcast. Thank thank you you so much, Alex. This is so fun. Thank you so much. And I will link all of um, Holly's information in the show notes. So make sure to check her out. Um, Definitely look uh, into Reiki with her. It was a really awesome experience. And like she said, she does them virtually. So you can do them pretty much anywhere. Anywhere. Um, Anywhere. Yes. (laughs) That's all I've got for you today. Until next time, let's go out and start creating ripples. (laughs) 